Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. Hello, my name is Stephen Copperath. I'm one of the pastors here at Foothill Church, and I just want to check in with you all at Foothill and ask, how's your Bible reading going? You know, we passed out these uh, great resources about a month ago, uh, these Bible reading plans to help us give some more structure around uh, reading the Gospels, reading Gospel of John specifically, and Paul's letters to the church. And so, um, you know, we're still in the Gospel of John, and I hope you're, you're loving it. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's something that my uh, friends and I are talking about often in uh, Gospel Sun community. So uh, today I'm, I'm running solo. I just want to share a bit about the coma method that we are pushing everyone towards in our Bible reading plan. Uh, maybe you've heard of it before. Maybe you've utilized a different uh, Bible reading method, but I thought it'd be helpful today just to kind of walk through how that looks specifically, uh, just even as an example through a passage in John. So obviously, yeah, there's a number of ways you can read your Bible, um, but any good framework will kind of be similar to the Coma Method in a few ways. So um, let's talk more about exactly how to use this as as a lens, as a tool. So a Coma is an acrostic, not an acronym. I had to look that up today. And so uh, it actually stands for four different steps of how we read scripture. So uh, the C stands for context, the O stands for observation, M stands for meaning, and A stands for application. So I'm going to read John 3, uh, verses 1 through 21 right now as an example, and then we'll kind of overlay this coma method um, after that. Okay, so John 3, verse 1 says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How could these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Let me just stop there. There's a, it obviously goes into those verses that are very well known, verses uh, John 3.16, um, and, and you guys can continue to read that. But I just want to give this as an example a little bit about how coma can be utilized in a passage like this. Let's start with C. Uh, C is for context. And so you're asking questions. When you think about context, you're asking questions like, you know, what is going on historically during this time? You know, when did this happen? Who is the audience? 
You know, also, what's the literary context? Where does this book fall in order of scripture? What's the genre? Is it poetry? Is it a narrative? Is it a letter? And then also asking the question, you know, what happened right before this chapter or this section of scripture? So, yeah, the context is super important. And I would just encourage you all to even just read your Bibles with kind of contextual eyes um, all the time. And look, you may not know the answers to all these questions, and that's okay. But what the C in Coma does is it immediately begins our relationship with Scripture on a curious foot, which leads to asking better questions in the future. So these context questions could be answered by grabbing, you know, a good commentary, which I would encourage everyone to invest in. Uh, you know, commentaries aren't just for pastors. Uh, commentaries should be something that we as Christians all consider, you know. Um, context questions can lead to a great discussion and community. Maybe it's your growth group, or maybe it's your family, or maybe just some friends over lunch after church. Uh, there's some contextual questions that can be brought up. But usually you can even just get most of those context questions answered by flipping through the pages of scripture and reading a little bit. You know, read a little bit before, read a little bit after, and take note of who's writing the book and to who this message is aimed at. So to apply this to John 3, what do we know contextually? You know, a few quick, simple observations. This, is, this could be more to this, but just as an example. So John, the author, is writing in chapter 3 to unbelievers. And we see that later on in John 20, verse 31, so that you may believe that Jesus is Messiah. So this is one of the four Gospels or the accounts of Jesus' life, and it's telling this narrative story of his miracles and his ministry on earth. And we find that Jesus is in the midst of establishing his earthly ministry. He does this kind of first miracle uh, at this wedding in chapter 2. And so these are some of the contextual questions that we need answering. And so those are just some examples of how we do that. The next letter is O for observation. Again, a simple question of what is happening in the text? Uh, what characters are involved? What jumps out? What's interesting? Is there anything that seems to be overemphasized or repeated in this passage? So again, in John 3, what do we observe? So I, I want to encourage you, uh, when you read uh, verses and, and passages of Scripture, you're going to notice characters. You're going to notice that people are, are having a conversation. And so in John 3, we see that Jesus and Nicodemus are having a chat. And so what jumps out uh, to me immediately here is that Nicodemus comes to Jesus uh, when? He comes to him at night. And he could have come at any time. And we also observe that that he's a, this Pharisee, a religious leader. So does that play into his kind of choice to come at night to talk with Jesus about spiritual things? Um, another thing that we observe is this is a chat. It's a, it's a conversation. It's an exchange. It's a dialogue. And Nicodemus asks the question and Jesus answers and kind of back and forth they go. So uh, there are obviously a lot of things we can observe here, but this is kind of what we're talking about. And here's the great thing. You know, none of these these kind of first two steps require a seminary degree to come up with these things. And so far, we're just asking good questions. We're just observing the text. The next letter we have here in Coma is the M for meaning. This begins to require a little bit more understanding of theology and scripture, but listen, not an expert level. Again, this isn't just for pastors or theologians um, or even just mature Christians who have been around the block. We can all kind of discern meaning. So when you are discerning meaning from scripture, you're asking questions like, what is this teaching about God? How does this passage in John 3 relate to what we already know about who Jesus is and what he's trying to accomplish in his ministry here on earth? Uh, another way to flesh out meaning is, 
It's kind of asking the question, can you, can I sum up what this is, is saying in our own words? You know, what's the, what's the author's big idea of what he's trying to get across in this passage? Um, l- let me point out too that this is likely the most time-consuming step in the coma process. Uh, context and observe, observation, you know, you may be able to do in a matter of just a few minutes. Uh, those those first steps kind of just jump out at you, but understanding meaning, it takes a little bit more consideration. So just kind of, um, you know, make sure that you have time for that. Looking back at chapter three, we see that Jesus says, born again, this phrase that seems really meaningful, right? And even Nicodemus is confused with this in verse four, because he's like, wait a minute, a grown person can't go back into the womb. Like, So what are you talking about, Jesus? And as we likely know, uh, you know, he's, he's using this metaphor and he's talking about the salvation process. So he's talking about being saved and being in a right standing with God to have this new nature. And he says, when you're saved, it's kind of like you're born a brand new person. So he also goes on and on and talks about how this birth is spiritual and how the role of the person of the Holy Spirit and how the spirit is like wind and it blows this way and that way. And sometimes we don't know where it comes from or where it's going next, which may be confusing. And that's okay because we're reminded that Jesus is actually teaching new things here and we'll likely get even more clarity as we move forward in the Gospel of John. So that's kind of one way that we can you know, utilize that, that meaning letter, the M. And then finally, we get to this letter in the Coma Method, uh, A for application. A for application. This is obviously where we begin asking the question, you know, how does all this that I've seen in context and observation and deciphering the meaning, how does this all apply to me? You know, how does it challenge me? How is it prompting me to change or to even continue to be steadfast? You know, one of the things that we have to remember when we understand application is, is that scripture isn't always telling us uh, what to do. Uh, sometimes it's even just reminding us of how to think or what to believe. So in, in this area of application, we see Jesus laying out this idea uh, further on. I didn't read it, but John uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and on, how he's laying out this idea of the kingdom of God and how specifically, how do we enter into that kingdom? And we do that by believing in Jesus so we won't perish and we'll have eternal life with him. Um, so we see this invitation of application to simply believe. Uh, we see in verse 21 that whoever does what is true comes to the light. So there's an invitation for us to bring the things that are in the dark into the light. So it's full of application. This this passage is actually really great because there's lots of things to consider and apply. And there's an encouragement as well to confess sin, to really weigh out our options spiritually. And we begin to realize very quickly how a passage like this, utilizing the coma method, it can actually be utilized for uh, kind of evangelistic purposes as well. We start to realize, man, I need to be able to hash this out with a friend. Or if somebody has a question, I can kind of walk them through, hey, what does this mean for you? What does it mean for me? And uh, when we see specifically here in John 3, hey, look, the benefit um, is when we confess our sin and get things out in the light, or we can continue to hold on to our sin and hide ourselves. You know, what's, what is God calling us to do? So yeah, that's a little bit of an example of how we can use the coma method in our Bible study. And you know, you know, I just want to add as well that you know we're not alone in this. Um, I, I really believe that just as we saw Jesus encouraging Nicodemus, you know, it's the Holy Spirit ultimately that helps guide our steps, guide our understanding of Scripture. 
And, and what's really amazing about the Bible is that um, God wants us to know him. God wants to understand him. He's not trying to be coy or, or mysterious. And so the Holy Spirit steps in and really helps our understanding of Scripture. And so uh, especially when we apply things like the Coma Method, uh, while it may appear kind of linear and step-by-step and even maybe kind of black and white in some ways, um, there's this very fluid aspect that I want to encourage us towards as well, that the Holy Spirit is is like the wind, like it says in John 3, that is moving and uh, it may push us this way today or that way another day. So let's continue to work towards this together. You know, and, and hey, look, if you're looking for a plan or maybe you're just hearing about this for the first time, uh, I want to encourage you to jump in and start with us now. Uh, God's word is alive and active and, you know, we're never late when we start reading God's word. We're exactly where God wants us to be. So you can grab a booklet from our info tent on a Sunday or go to foothill.church slash resources to get your digital copy uh, there as well. And so whatever you're reading, um, whatever uh, you know, Bible verses or whatever scripture you're engaged in, uh, but especially as we wind down with the Gospel of John together, let's be consistent, let's make it a priority, and let's embrace these great tools to see scripture more clearly. All right, well, we're out of time, but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you.